Oh, hey, it's you again. Welcome back to Getting It Out Podcast. Whether you're a frequent listener or even just a first timer, I want to thank you for clicking on the episode. I know there's a lot of options, a lot of podcasts to pick through and listen to. And this time you chose Getting It Out. If you like what you hear on this episode or maybe what you've heard in the past, I want to ask you to consider joining the gettingitout.net Patreon, where you'll get early ad-free access to interviews, sometimes weeks before they air. It only costs $2 a month, and hey, once you set it up, it's like making beef jerky in the 90s. You set it, and you forget it. You'll get email updates each time I post an episode exclusive to the Patreon. And though the cost is low for you, your support makes a huge impact on what I can continue to do with gettingitout.net and Getting It Out podcast. If you're interested, check the link in the show notes or head over to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. Thanks for hearing me out, and enjoy this episode of the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Positivity, Fatal Fury slipping one eye open. 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 Fatal Fury slipping
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 105 of Getting It Out Podcast. That song that you just heard there was from Bovice out of Chicago. Uh, a little little heavy hardcore there. That's a song called Fatal Fury. It's on their split uh, called Flatline, coming out on Upstate Records. Uh, we're premiering two songs right off the bat on this episode of Getting It Out Podcast. That one, like I said, by Bovice, Fatal Furies, and... The next one is going to be called uh, Throws of Demise by Pittsburgh's Hurt Piece. Now check your ears. I didn't say herpes. I said Hurt Piece. It's not Pittsburgh's Herpes. That'd be a terrible nickname. Nobody wants to be known as Pittsburgh's Herpes. Uh, I assume those are terrible herpes and cold ones. But uh, <laughs> cold sore. Yeah, right. Herpes are cold sore. Oh, man. It all lines up. But hey, that's not what they are. I swear to God. This band is called Hurt Piece. They are from Pittsburgh. They play heavy music. So let's listen to Throws of Demise before we get started. My goodness. All right, so we're off to a very heavy start on this week's episode of Getting It Out Podcast. Again, that was Bovice with uh, Fatal Fury and Hurt Peace with Throws of Demise. Both songs are off that, those two bands split called Flatline coming out on Upstate Records on uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2020. Look for it everywhere. I mean, you can look everywhere. I don't think it's a good idea to look everywhere. I think you should look in specific places where you might find a record or two. Start start with that, and then uh, possibly look other places. But mostly look where you would buy records, and that's where you can probably find this awesome split from Her Piece and Bovice. And uh, it's called Flatline. And uh, hey, you know, this is like stupid observation. Bands don't usually name their splits anymore. It's usually just split. So I appreciate uh, well, however many guys it took 
eight, ten, whatever, however many to to agree on 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 a title for a record. That's that's tough to do. You usually can't get one band to do it, but you got a whole band. You guys should call it. This, you know, it should have been a like a, you should make it a self-titled split. That's that's my suggestion, and uh, everybody will be confused because is it Bovice or is it Her Piece? Her piece. I got. I got to enunciate that a little better. Uh, I'm working on it. Anyway, um, if you liked what you heard, if you like that hardcore um, with uh, with a little death metal, then go go check out Bovice and Her Piece, and you can do that on uh, on Upstate's website www.upstaterecordsny.com, or you can do that um, by other means, and you can figure them out on your own um, because you're a big person. I assume if you manage to get to this point in a podcast, I think you're old enough to do it. And you're old enough to figure it out on your own, and I can only do so much for you. But what I can tell you is that the rest of this episode uh, is all about Ether Coven. They're a band from Florida. Uh, you might call them sludge. You might call them uh, heavy metal. I don't know what you call them. I, it's, a, it's a weird weird, weird band to try to pigeonhole. But uh, their singer and guitarist, Peter, joined me to, to have a conversation. So that's what we did, all right? That's what we do here. I think you know the rules by now. Um, you might know him from his previous bands. Like, uh, I think they're still around, actually. Remembering Never. Um, he also was in Until the End uh, way back when. They used to call him Mean Pete. I don't know if they still call him Mean Pete. I meant to ask him, and I didn't. But uh, I was I was afraid of him. That's not true. I wasn't afraid of him at all. I pr- I'll prove it any way you'd like. But trust me, I wasn't afraid of him. It's not possible. I can't be afraid of another man, especially on the phone. Not even the phone. Skype. I don't get terrified of other men. All right. Anyway, this, this is going down a dark path. Let's uh, let's listen to some sweet ass rap music and then get back into the podcast. Dark satellite media. You know, when I started doing a podcast, I thought I found my calling, but there's something more. There's a little something more. I think I can reach into. Got a little more in me. I need to get it out. Just like the podcast. It's getting it out rap song from the Getting It Out podcast. And it feels powerful. I think you feel it too. I think you feel it too. But there's certain things that need to be said. Because I was thinking about it a lot lately. What exactly was I was thinking about? We'll have to break it down here. Just a little bit for you. I was sitting at home trying to relax When I realized a podcast needs a rap It sound way better with they dog back But I gotta spit quick on these Amish cats For big horse of shit on rumble strips Zeb sits back with a hundred kids But I know how shallow that gene pool is So what did he do with his cripple kin? How do you tell the time at night When the sun don't shine on the dial bright While Von Scott's lives the hard rock life Singing on the streets underneath the lights I got grocery lists of shit I don't like Gonna run them by old Mike on ice And like cops step a day with the butt drug tips This podcast will flip your lids so that's what I sing about on the song for the podcast. It's getting it Okay, so here we are, episode 105. Again, I feel like I, I've done a couple introductions here on this episode, but that's all right. Episode 105 uh, with Peter Kowalski of, uh, of Ether Coven. We had a cool conversation. 
I like talking to him. He went off. He went off about some subjects, which, which uh, as a as a host and the guy who does the question asking, that's what you want from the question. Er, am I the questionee or is he the? I'm the questioner. He's the questionee. That's the way it works. That's what you want from the questionee. I don't think there's. I don't. I don't know that that's a real word, but um, we're going with it anyway. Um, he he was good. I uh, enjoyed talking to Peter. We're going to talk all about uh, Ether Coven, of course. And if you haven't checked out that record, it came out. Uh, it came out a few weeks ago. Uh, Ether Coven. It's called um, Everything Is Temporary Except Suffering, and it's uh, it's pretty miserable, which is what they were going for. So you know that worked out. But uh, it's it's good. You should find it. Okay, so this is totally unrelated, but it's something I wanted to bring up in the middle of the show rather than at the end like I usually do with the business stuff. But uh, getting it out podcast is kind of doing a little bit of an expansion. We're good. We're, we're, there's going to be a we to this. Um, and I, I know I've, I've mentioned made that joke several times in the past that I always say we when it's just me, but it's not going to just be me. The podcast, yes, it's just going to be me. But I'm going to be expanding this thing in other dimensions that I, I'm, I'm going to be really vague about right now and not not tell you a whole lot about it but i just want you to if you're if you're a listener to the show if you'd like what i do just uh keep your eyes open look at the social stuff if you don't follow me on social media uh, at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast on instagram and uh www.facebook.com slash getting it out podcast on facebook and then there's twitter at getting it out pod but anyway if you don't follow me on that stuff please do just so you can see what i'll be rolling out uh here in the near future don't have a date for you but I and I know announcements about announcements are bullshit. Uh, but that's kind of what kind of what I'm doing here. This is the most vague announcement about an announcement. You know, whatever. But I guess it wouldn't be. It won't be an announcement about an announcement. It isn't an announcement about an announcement because there's not going to be an announcement. This is the announcement. I'm vaguing, vaguely talking about something that's going to happen in the relatively near future. So that's what it is. That's my announcement. Um, <laughs> we'll go from there. Um, I, I, w- I also wanted to point out, I, th- I think over the weekend, I, f- I found what might be the the most miserable job on earth. And it was, it was at this play place with my, with my daughter, basically, a, you know, a jungle gym type. They're all over the place. You know, the, there's, there's trampolines, there's things to climb, there's arcades, there's rope courses, you know, one of those, one of those places. We were there for, for a birthday party and it's got an arcade ta- attached to it. And uh, my daughter wanted to, you know, the, the, the people who were doing the birthday party gave out little um, cards with, uh, with basically game, game tokens on them. So you went up and you, you, you were able to swipe and play the games. So, so we did that, of course. And she, my daughter, you know, she's six and a half, so she thinks the goal here is to win tickets so you can win these junk prizes, right? So, so she does that, and like we end up with like I'm ta- I'm, I'm not exaggerating. 13 tickets all right so we end up with 13 tickets on the card so we walk up to this counter we wait in this line like this snaked out rope to to get to the line and uh and there's these like fucking teenagers up there which that's fine this is the type of jobs they should have but this is the most this has got to be the most miserable job you're like breaking down the the what you can get with your with your 13 tickets you can have uh and the digital tickets not even real tickets anymore what happened but anyway the like you can have one spider ring spider ring and three tootsie pops but if you'd rather have four tootsie rolls and one friendship friendship bracelet and it's just and they sit there and these these children that they're dealing with are dead serious and they 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 really need these this junk that they're gonna forget about minutes after we leave my daughter got a little clapper thing and uh, uh, like a cloth ring and a sticker and I I guarantee you 
I guarantee you, by the next day, 24 hours later, she had no idea where that stuff went. But we spent a lot of time trying to get those pieces. And uh, and it was weird. It was weird. And the only thing I could have made it more awkward was what happened to me the day before. The day before, the day after. The day after, I stopped on my way home to get some to get some beer. And, uh, you know, I was at Sheets. And the same kind of thing. You know, they got the rope that makes you stand in the line. And uh, there's this woman who's in front of me in the line. And, uh, you know, instead of... Instead of like facing forward and looking like toward the register, she 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 stood backwards. So everybody has to stand backwards. Like I so I came, I was next behind her in line. So I got in line and then I turned backwards. And so I'm standing there in line backwards. And I don't know why I'm backwards. I just know I'm not going to stand there forwards and just stare right in her face. Uh, I didn't sign up for that, you know. I'm I'm awkward as it is in, in person in public places i don't want to stare directly into some strange woman's eyes and uh you know it's it's just an awkward situation so i gotta stand backwards so then the next person who comes in line they gotta turn backwards it's just a weird thing kind of a weird social experiment maybe you should go in line and stand backwards and uh, see if see if anybody else follows suit and i'm willing to bet about 50 percent of the people will because they don't want to look at your stupid ass uh the same as uh, the same as the next person but you know anyway that so so that, that's that's my moments of awkwardness that I wanted to share on this week's episode. Episode 105 of Getting It Out Podcast with Peter Kowalski of Ether Coven. Speaking of, we should go into uh, a song from Ether Coven. Which songs did I pick to play on this one? Let me check here. What songs do we got from Ether Coven that I want to share? Because honestly, there's quite a few options on what we could use. But uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to get some of the... Uh, Get some of the more uh, the, the more varied tracks. Two of the more varied tracks here for you, and I think this one that we're going to start off with was one of their singles. It was called "Flower Crown." So here, listen to "Flower Crown" by Ether Coven, and then we'll go straight into my interview with Peter Kowalski. Take 
Hello, Pete. Yeah, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, Stan? Hey, what's up? Where are you from? I'm from I'm from York, Pennsylvania. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. What's that here? Let's see. It's about 45 minutes north of Baltimore. All right. That's good. That's good. Currently, though, sitting in uh in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where I live, which isn't isn't far from that, but yeah, oh, that's kind of close to. How far is that from Bethlehem? Bethlehem? I don't know. Too far for me to go regularly. Yeah, they got that vegan treat spot, man. Woo! So you know crazy. what? Everybody loves that vegan. T- All right, so I, I know I know you from your reputation. You're you're like very vegetarian and vegan, right? Yeah, extra vegan. vegan. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I thought. Right. And uh, yeah. tons of my friends are like a lot of them that have been for years. So they always talk about this vegan treats, and I'm I'm neither of those things. So mm-hmm. so it does nothing for me. But I know people love that spot. Oh, they got so much ignorant stuff. Like it's for everybody, really. Because it's just like if you like sugar or you like treats or you like anything that's terrible for you, yeah, fucking go there because they have a shit ton of all kinds of real ignorant stuff. <laughs> but, I like you know. I like sugar and ignorance. I like sugar way too much, though. Way too much. Yeah, I, I got a sugar issue. Yeah, no, trust me, dude, same. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> so how you been, man? Oh, you know, living, dying, doing the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. Everything's been, you know, it's been kind of, uh, it's been a wild uh, few months, you know what I mean? Just getting everything ready for the record and the tour and everything. So, you know. Right, which, of, this- which of course is what, what we're going we're gonna to talk about here. Um because you just released, just released uh, your new record. Um, Everything yep. is temporary except suffering. It came out. What was it? Just Friday, right? Friday, yeah, digitally, and then CD comes out on Friday. This next Friday coming up, and then the vinyl got pushed back uh, until uh, Valentine's Day. So, but we should have them for some some time in the tour. Okay, I see. see it's, I'm getting confused lately. I was talking to a band last week where they had a similar thing, where digital release date was different than the physical release date. And that that shit's you know you know how it used to just be like Tuesday, music was out yeah. on Tuesday. We're now oh, now, I think it's much easier when it's on Tuesday. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now it gets a little confusing. I think I get lost on shit that gets released on Friday as well. Yeah. But see, what had happened was yeah. the release date was it was supposed to come out in late November, and then it got bumped to December, and then it got bumped to January, um, and then it was bumped to the seventeenth. And I was like, okay, well we're gonna be on tour days before that so we should probably have this out so that people are familiar with these songs because we're playing these songs <laughs> yeah. so then they, they bumped it up back up to the 10th digitally and then the cd is still coming out the 17th so it was kind of like um, we could have it come out on the 17th all over but at the end of the day less people are going to hear the record and be familiar with it by the time we get to you know that town right so, yeah you want to have have some familiarity with it but you've been releasing uh a couple sing a couple singles have have trickled out right is it has yeah. it been like one a week over? Is that the way they do it now? I think it was one every few weeks, and then we did some premieres with some sites. So, um, but yeah, I think it come it came out to be like one every three or four weeks. Okay. Um, and then the last two, I think, were like two weeks apart. Nice, nice. Well, th- th- I've been listening to this for for a little while now. I mean, I get the special privileges that come with you know promo emails, right? So, nice. so, so I'm pretty familiar with it, and uh, and I, I'm. I'm bummed at myself that I hadn't checked you out before because I, I know who you are because I've been in the hardcore scene and the metal scene for over 20 years, right? So or not over yeah. 20 years. So so I had that association and um, I wrongly assumed it was something else than what it was, <laughs> and 
Now, yeah. now that I know what Ether Coven is, I feel like an idiot for not listening previously. Oh, I mean, keep in mind we're you know operating very much as a DIY band up right. until literally uh, you know the last few months. Um, even you know we've been signed to Central Media for over a year, but we still do everything ourselves. And you know, um, literally, this is the first tour that I haven't booked the majority of. Uh, I think in our existence. Yeah. Um, and you know, we put all our records out ourselves. And so we had very limited, uh, capabilities as far as getting out to, you know, people. So, you know, you just hear, Oh, there's some jabroni in a band that I used to listen to his old band. Uh, it was probably sounds just like that. Now I'd rather listen to the original thing thinking that it's going to sound even remotely close to it. And, you know, granted there's some elements because it's me, sure. and, you know, I wrote a majority of, those songs, not majority of those songs, but many of those songs and records. Um, but then, you know, I'm doing this and it's completely different. I'm also writing a majority of stuff, but it's, you know, obviously completely different. Um, but yeah, no, I can understand how, you know, it'd be kind of like, you know, every people are just weary on checking things out from, uh, you know, when they have preconceived notions based on someone's, uh, you know, history. And I totally understand that because I'm the same way. Yeah, but it's, but, um, it's a yeah, weird so, thing, and like I give my sh- give myself shit for that because it's like, like oh, I, I, I'm, I'm no 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 I'm really good I'm really good with checking out new music I'm I'm the fucking best at it I'm like the, the Donald Trump of checking out <laughs> new music right I'm just the oh, best wonderful. at it nobody's better yeah. at it you know, nobody's yeah, yeah. Like, who could be better um, but uh, but then uh, but the, like I, like you said I or like I said like I see like something I think I know what it's gonna sound like and I'm like okay I'll pass on that because I have other shit that I want to check out. Mm-hmm. And and that's a that's a it was a dumb dumb way and I've done it with other bands too a dumb way to sweep something under the rug where um, especially coming out uh, people that have coming out come out of the hardcore scene are I think lately have been like branching out and doing these different things with their music that I find like so interesting like my favorite my favorite album last year was uh was one that Peter Morsey did from you know One Hundred Demons and force reality he did he did this, this band called murmur which just doesn't sound anything like any of that and it's it's oh, okay. it's, it's incredible you know what i mean like it's, it's, it was my favorite album of the year so what i'm saying is like like your case in his case and like i you know i just it's a lesson to myself to stop making up these things about the way bands are going to sound and then really listen mm-hmm. to it because i because i really like what you're doing with ether coven hey thanks man i appreciate that well this before you were just known as ether right yeah when, when did this yeah, thing I mean, change um, before we re-released the, um, the last record we did, uh, only because, um, when you put in ether in Spotify or any, and literally you just type Google ether, yeah. 1 million things show up. Right. So ether coven was already like our online, um, like it was already our Instagram name and our like web store name and our Facebook URL and whatnot. So it was like, fuck it, you know, right. it's an easy fix and I can easily keep the same logo and just add some letters and some other, you know, some, uh, some other, you know, just fill in like the line that's empty and then just put the name on top and it's fine. So basically it was a pretty seamless switch. I mean, when I mentioned, like when I talk about us, I still refer to us as ether because, you know, it's kind of like the, the coven's kind of silent. You know what I mean? It has to be there for, uh, identity, identification purposes, you know? I got you. I got you. With, with, with uh, what you 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 mentioned that you re re released that last record. What's what, what's that one called? Um, there's nothing left for me here. Yeah, you re released that one. Why'd you re release that? Well, because uh, we re released it uh, by ourselves, 
Okay. And on our own, and you know, we did the tape, or we did the CD version, the record, and then uh, a label from Jacksonville, some good friends of ours, Southern Druid, uh, did the tape version, and um, Central Media heard that, and you know, we're really amped on it, and said, "Fuck it, we're gonna remaster this thing and put it out," and um, they did it, and uh, you know, it's kind of like that was like our introduction, and they were supposed to get pressed on uh, vinyl and CD and whatnot, um, but the tour we had. Uh, got canceled and then um, I think yeah then basically we just weren't doing much around it and then they finally put it up online and you know so basically what's going to happen is we're going to end up pressing it ourselves I'm sure with the new layout and the remaster and everything so it'll come out eventually just we got to get out of some debt first and then we can kind of you know press on nah man just keep going in debt yeah, yeah, pretty much. What the fuck do you want? It's great, it's just, wonderful. Yeah, just, <laughs> right now we're only in about uh, four thousand dollars in debt. Right? Oh, that my, shit. My, that's you not can... that's not including van. How much we owe in the van still? So well, you got yeah. a tour coming up that you you are more than welcome to get in as much debt as you like on that tour. I'm sure. Uh, I know. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> opportunity. Um, yeah. So. So, like I said, the, your, your new your new record, everything is temporary except suffering. It was just came out digitally, at least on Friday. So I'm sure there's been um, limited uh, reaction. But what have you heard so far? Have you liked what you heard from people who've heard the record? Yeah, I mean, people are kind of like losing their mind, which yeah. is strange because you know we're we had two records before this, but we're still a newish band to most people. Uh, that are just hearing us for the first time because, you know, we do, you know, Central Media has a pretty wide network. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, people, I mean, just like even just our friends that, you know, we've known that we've met over the years uh, going on tour are, you know, hyping it up real hard. And, you know, I understand it's, uh, I think it's a little different because musically it's, you know, the songs are longer, so people want to associate some grandiose type uh, title for these kind of things when you have like longer songs and more atmospheric stuff. Um, so people are, you know, saying like, Oh, it's going to be the record of the year. And it's like, this is an early year, man. Yeah, many records too, I like it. As much great. as I like it, it's too early for that. We can't do that yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the exactly. second week of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, I enjoy it. I think it's great. Um, but you know, so many records come out every year. Um, but yeah, I mean, people are like hyping up real hard and which is awesome. And, and you know, we've been compared to like ISIS recently, I think I heard two ISIS references at our, CD, or our record release show um, just the other day, and which is fine. I mean, I like ISIS. Well, it depends I think which ISIS, but yeah. I mean, I like all ISIS. I really, <laughs> I really fucked with the Red Sea real hard. I was just I, talking about the terroristic years. group. What? I was just referencing the terrorist, the terrorist ISIS. Oh, yeah, gotcha, see, gotcha, 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 yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so I mean, people have been saying it's like you know. I don't know. I feel like it's less deserving than people are giving it credit for. I appreciate, you know, the praise and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see, you know, how far we can take this thing. And, you know, we got some plans coming up and, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, the hype's been pretty cool so far. Well, I'm good think- with it. I mean, I thought it was going to be, I didn't realize it you know, be this much of a reaction, but it's been pretty good so far. Well, I think you, you picked an interesting time to release a record because, uh, the end of the year and the beginning of the year seems to kind of be. There's not a whole lot going on. Not not a lot of people. Yeah, a little out. tricky. It's a little yeah, tricky. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you get you get forgotten about kind of on either end. So yeah. um So, but but to in your in your case, 
um, it can be beneficial because it's the it's it might be the only thing that people are you know that have to look forward to and to grab and not not that that's why people like it but you know it can yeah i mean there's not many things that are coming out at the end of the year the beginning of the year so yeah it's easier to find yeah definitely yeah well you like you said you mentioned you you ended up on a uh, century media for this one and i like i know there's a thing where you got signed by this guy or who's this this uh this michael algo Oh, Michael Lago. Um, Michael Lago. Yeah. What What is this guy's deal? Like, because you know, I see there's there's been like documentaries about him. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he's a he's a wild creature. Um, our old bass player somehow had a connection to him through a family member or a family friend, and um, you know he gets like he gets like CDs all the time and demo CDs and this right, and that right. and the other thing because you know it's the guy that signed fucking Metallica and White Zombie and worked with all these bands. He worked with like Nina Simone and Cindy Lauper and, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, so, uh, everybody wants to give him a CD because yeah. they think he can do something for him. And I guess somehow, uh, of course, you know, because, you know, our old bass player had some kind of connection. Uh, he got a hold of our CD and he, I guess he, he had it for a while and just put it on one day. And it, he, he like called us and was like losing his mind about, <laughs> the record and he was gushing about this thing and it was real weird to have the dude that signed fucking metallica like losing his mind over our stupid fucking record even weirder um, to have the guy that sound cindy lopper to be losing yeah. his mind. All- <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but i mean uh you know he he i did think he's mostly geared in metal but then i think you know when you're an right. a&r guy for you know all these different labels you know you kind of do Branch what out. you got to do and you know but um yeah no i mean that's sick um and then he knew a bunch of labels and shopped it around and Century Media is where we landed. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how we got there. But, well, um, and, and you did this, you did this record you recorded with, uh, Eric Rutan, right? Yeah. That who, who to me is you know, like a legend. He's one of my favorite people I've ever had on here and talked to. Uh, yeah. Love that. He's, he's great awesome. personality, great, great musician, great producer. Um, yeah, is this the first time you worked with him? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And was it was it um, did did it live up to expectations? Um, I, I mean, honestly, I didn't even expect to get an email back from this guy. Right. <laughs> um, I emailed him and I emailed Kurt Ballou for, uh, at God City. Yeah. Uh, and those are the only two people I emailed about doing the record. I thought for sure Eric Rutan was not going to email me back. I had I thought that Kurt Ballou may only because uh, you know he's a little. Um, you know, he hasn't done quite the the, the huge records that Eric Rutan right, has done. Right. Um, but no email back from Kurt Ballou, So, um, And Eric Rutan messaged me back and, uh, and was like, yeah, man, I checked out your records. It's pretty cool. And, you know, I would definitely be interested in working with you guys. And then I think I emailed him back and was like, oh, my God, thanks so much for emailing back. And then the next email, he was like, yeah, I really dove deep into the record. It's fucking awesome, man. And he like just well, hyping it up, and I was like, "What? What? You don't have to say these things. Like, you're ever ten. Like, you've done all these crazy things, and you were in fucking Mortal Angel during like their fucking heyday. And yeah. yeah, exactly. And and you're playing in Cannibal Corpse now, and you have your own band, Hate Eternal. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to gas us up. Like, we are we're already like hyped as fuck to even email this back. Um, and yeah, he was just like, yeah, no, this is, this is awesome. Like, I really want to do this. Like, I really want to take this on. Um, and he's never done a, a band like us before. I mean, he has, he does, he's done mostly death metal, but he's done like a couple hardcore bands here and there. I think he did a folk band once. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But um, yeah, I mean, usually it's just like you know he, he's never had like a doom sludge whatever kind of band. Well, I think well, Foil and well, Green was the closest one. What are you guys? What what where do we put you under? I don't know, man. We when we first started, we wanted to be like a like we wanted to sound like we were from New Orleans, basically. And, yeah, um, sludge. You know, kind of whatever. We yeah, call it. yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to call that. Um, you know, our biggest influences were like Crowbar and Down and I Hate God and stuff like that. And then you know. Things can you weird play that change. music as a as a straight as a straight edge? Can, can or... yeah, I think we're I think I'm good. I, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I write pretty severe weed riffs, but yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I think uh, I think we're good there. I, th- so. I, I think so. Too. I think uh, we, we, one interesting thing that well, not well, there's several interesting things on this record, but I didn't I had no idea until reading and after listening to it several times that one of the the, the last track I think it is on this record on Ravel is a Bjork cover. Where, mm-hmm. where did that come from? How did you come up with that idea? I mean, me and Uncle Devin, or me and Devin, I, you know, Uncle Devin, his nickname I call him. <laughs> um, but um, me and Devin have been York fans for you know a long time. I've been a, a fan of hers for fuck probably two decades. Yeah. And uh, I mean, since I've known him, he's been a York fan. Everybody else, obviously, in the band uh, loves her. But um, we, I've, that was my favorite song from her since the first time I ever heard this song. And it was just like so crushing and moving, and and uh, there's so much going on while it's really slow and sad and like. Um, so I was like, this would be a perfect song to do with this kind of music, and we tried to do it for the last record, but it didn't work out. And then uh, we were like, we should get this thing off the ground, and uh, it was really originally supposed to be on a seven inch uh, with a band called Intercourse from Connecticut, and then the Centric Media thing happened, and then you know that kind of got pushed into our full length so um but yeah i mean it, it's just one of those things that just kind of happened supernaturally and um you know i think we did an okay job it almost didn't happen because uh during the zero hour on vocals it was not coming through and then um me and eric rutan kind of put our heads together and we're like okay what, what are we gonna do here to make this happen and then we fucking pulled it off so you did, and like I said, it's it sounds enough like your own that. Well, I mean, I guess it helps that I hadn't heard the original. But once I listened to the original and compared the two, I mean, I, I can tell it's the same song, but it doesn't sound like a clone. It sounds like your own version. It's like the 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 way you want a cover to sound, and obviously, it'd be yeah. a little tough to fucking have you sound like Bjork, boo. You know? Oh man, I tried real hard, and it would not fucking work. So. <laughs> well, I like to yeah, see the was... practice sessions on that one. Oh no, you don't trust me. It was fucking. It was terrible. <laughs> Oh but, man! <laughs> it seems like, uh, like, like I said, I do. I knew of um, Ether's existence for a couple years now, but I, but I didn't really see that you guys turned. It seems like you guys like really turned it up in, in 2019. What, what was the? Yeah, I mean, it really that? was. That was like label stuff that you know we were getting a little bit of press, and we did. Um, we only did a few tours um, this year, and we recorded. So we, you record with someone with a reputable name. That also can fucking make a crusher of a fucking record. Um, do a couple tours, do a couple of high profile shows, um, and you know, here we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we we toured more uh, in 2018 than we did last year for sure, like exponentially. Right. Um, but you know, they're all DIY tours and, and whatnot, and you know, um, I'm just. You know, it's finally getting some traction, so we're gonna see where we can take this fucking thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it seems to be working so far, and 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 uh, you're about to do the tour with who's that? Barishi and 
Yeah, Worms on the first half, and oh, it's, a, it's a whole out. bunch of different ones, right? Yeah, like yeah, after you and Barishi, yeah. and then it's a couple. Yeah, yeah. And that's out for you got for a month. So are are you smart yeah. enough to avoid most of the north? No, we're going. We're diving straight in, man. What are you thinking? Um, we're doing thirty two shows in thirty two days, and um, we're basically going straight up the coast. We're, we're going to be on day three. We're going to be in New, uh, in Brooklyn, and then I think a week and a half or two weeks in we're going to be in seattle and then we go down the coast and then we head back over so we're basically making a big ass rectangle it's a full u.s then full u.s yeah wow um you should have came up uh over the weekend it was it was 60 in january up here it's pretty pretty incredible but i'm sure you're down there like in in whatever whatever wonderful weather it's, you get it's uh i fucking hate stuff florida's weather um really i'm actually really excited because i got a new jacket i got some new boots so we're ready to fucking, you know, kick this thing in the ass. Special occasion. Yeah, I love winter tours because, A, not a lot of bands tour in the wintertime, so the shows are usually pretty good because people want to get the fuck out. Um, and, B, I like being cold and escaping the heat. Yeah. That's, that's like the opposite for us up here. But with, with, oh, your, with your, uh, your years of experience in, in touring and playing shows, um, what, what is, what's like the biggest thing, the biggest thing that's obvious to you now that you didn't see before that you do? Um, as far as like what's changed, uh, in me or outwardly? No, or no. I mean like in, in, in the, in the, say like the business of being in a band. I mean, obviously, you know, because of streaming and or downloading and then streaming, uh, the whole thing changes because bands don't sell CDs and records like they used to. Right. Um, and that's, that's fine. I mean, you know, you got to kind of evolve with, you know, whatever's happening at the time. Um, I'm not really sure, honestly, because I was playing in a hardcore band for all those years and now... <laughs> Uh, I play in like a metal kind of band. I'm not sure even, you know, um, clearly, you know, we have a lot of punk rock ethics and whatnot in yeah. most of our songs. Um, but, you know, we'd still be considered a metal band by sound. Um, so, I mean, it's weird, but it is awesome to see a lot of the bands we play with and a lot of people that book the shows or come to the shows are fans of my old bands. And, um, you know, just in conversation with other people, and this happened more times than I'd like to admit, um, just conversations with other bands, um, I'd say, oh, yeah, I, I went to this place, or I played this place before, my old band, oh, what's your old band? And I'd tell them, like, oh, my God, you were in that band, that's fucking crazy, and, you know, yeah. and it's people that are in awesome bands that I fucking love um, that we play with, right. like, you know, our, our contemporaries or whatever you want to call it, and I'm just like, that's so crazy that, you know, here we both came from, you know, the hardcore scene, and we're playing in, you know, doom bands or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. this is that we're doing, so... Um, that's really fucking awesome. Uh, I also think, you know, we can also cross over a little bit here and there because we do have a lot of, you know, hardcore influence because, you know, that's just what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, things are going to change and, you know, uh, you know, the, everyone's glory days are going to be different. And, you know, uh, I had, I was in more celebrated bands previously, but this is the most satisfied I've been playing music in my entire life. So. It's a, it's a bit different. I mean, uh, literally, we'll play for empty fucking rooms. So we played, the first time we played in Brooklyn, we played for like six people. Right. And it was fucking awful. The show was awful. However, I made good connections with people that I call good friends today because of the few people that were there. We played with awesome bands, and um, it was playing with people that I genuinely loved, and I loved the music we were playing. Um, so that meant more to me than, you know, playing, you know, a more, 
much more celebrated show for a hardcore band that I was in, you know, 10 years, 15 years prior, you know? Right, right. So you kind of get older and you change and, you you know, your priorities are where um, you feel the most satisfied with your work. And that's kind of where I'm at now, you know? Yeah, and that's, I mean, you pretty much answered the question I was going to ask you about how, how you you how you yourself personally you've changed from until the end to to Ether Coven, but yeah, I think uh, that, you, I, I think you kind of just said it there. <laughs> There's actually a good a better answer for that. I mean, um, uh, a couple of different ways. Like um, I've learned boundaries more so now than ever before. Yeah, and as far as what I'm willing to put up with and what I'm what I allow in my circle. Um, and I've just learned this like in the last two years and, um, it's something if I had known during the remembering never days, we would have been um, in a much different boat from jump. Um, so, you know, I just kind of learned a lot about that, which I think is a pretty, um, a pretty important lesson to learn. And, uh, you know, if, if someone doesn't want to be around, then they shouldn't be around. And if you don't want to be around these people, then you shouldn't be around these people. And if that person is uh, you know, slowing the process up or if they're turning it into something that you didn't intend for it to turn into and you don't see it as a positive thing, then somebody's got to go and some something has to change. And yeah, and, uh, uh, Sorry, let's go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no. That's, I, I, oh, that, that's just something I learned this year. I, I was, was going to say, I, I totally agree. And it's something I learned a, a little bit ago where, and, and, and I can definitely myself do a better job of that. But, but particularly with, with friendships, where, where you start yeah. to realize, like, what? Why am I friends with this person? They just do things that, you know, it's it's, it's all negatives. Like, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm trying to keep be friends with this person just because we were friends. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, <laughs> and sometimes it's easier just to sever that arm and and move on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you go your I'm, way, I'll I'm, go mine. No hard feelings. It's just it's, exactly we, we're breaking up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And in my old age, I'm. I'm lucky enough to where I have, I have a lot of awesome friends and, and the people that I surround myself with now are much different than the people I surrounded myself with then. Right. Uh, and you know, my friend, I, and like I said, I have a lot of friends and the friends that I have are all amazing fucking people. Um, and you know, I value them just as much as the next. And if any of them disappeared, I would, you know, I would be fucking crushed. Right. Uh, whereas, you know, before, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago, um, you know, that you see, you know, a lot of transient people exist and you don't realize because they're so close to you, you don't realize how toxic they are, or problematic they are, or, yeah. you know, how many issues they have and they're, they bring you into their issues and, you know, whatever it is. And, and, you know, this is something I've definitely learned to value more in the last year and a half or so. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, uh, another thing I learned um, musically in, you know, uh, cause before, you know, when I first started, I didn't really know how to do anything. Uh-huh. And I feel like even up until, you know, 10 years ago, I still didn't really know how to do things properly. So now I know the value of writing things that you are very good with and not, you know, waiting a little bit extra time to really craft something that you think is something special instead of just pumping something out that needs to be pumped out yeah. musically. You know what I mean? Um, Patience. And we just started, right, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, you know, you, it, things take time to mature um, and you kind of got to let it just simmer a little bit and, you know, do it. And we just started writing for the next Remembering Never record and I'm writing 
I'm basically fleshing out all the skeletons and whatnot and writing the main parts. And because of, you know, what ether is and how we write songs, it, that, that definitely has helped a lot in crafting these new RN songs because they're much more uh, expressive than anything I've ever written for Remembering Never before. Um, they're also more, I don't want to say brutal because it's a fucking stupid word <laughs> to describe music because it's such an overdone term. That's just a 2000s word. That's the... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's not, it's not, uh, brutal's not the word I'm looking Remember for. Remember when but... everything was brutal? Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad that's over. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Just, I'm just learning how to write hardcore songs that are expressive instead of just writing a bunch of stuff that's super fast or, you know, whatever it is. Here's, Here's the, the mock part. This yeah. and that. And, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's like I've learned how to write songs across other genres now. Whereas, you know, I literally, I, I wrote whatever songs I wrote for Remember Never and I fucking hated all of them. Uh, and then either comes along and I feel like a one-trick pony because I can only write music like this now. And then just giving a little bit of extra time and a little bit of extra effort and now we're pumping out some pretty cool stuff so um it's uh it's definitely been an experience for sure cool that's a that's a that's an interesting interesting thing to hear um with 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 your history in in uh well remembering never um until the end whatever the ether cover you, you're gonna have the like you mentioned before you'll have these these cross this crossover and Maybe it might not even be the crossover, a crossover sound. It can just be like you said, crossover people. Do you yeah. do you get the? Um, do, is it ever a negative? Like, do, do you ever find yourself like negatively affected by your association with the things you've done before? Like, just just musically. Um, I mean, that's a tough one because I mean, no matter what, people are going to have biases, and you know, there you know, there's hardcore kids that only want to listen to something within the hardcore scene, right. even if it's the same person doing something else that's, you know, not necessarily um, what they're known for. Um, but, I mean, I think people that, you know, any kind of negativity, I think people are either going to listen to it or not listen to it. Right. And that, that's kind of it. Like, I'm never going to know, you know, things that people are going to say about it because it's, uh, you know, even if you don't like it, even if you don't like either, it, you can't say that shit sucks. Like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's good. It's okay for what it is, regardless. Like I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. It's like no matter what, you can't be like super bummed about it. It, it is what it is, and um, you know, I, I can understand not liking it. That's totally fine. But no one, people can't really like shit on it because it's not bad. Like I know it's not bad. It might not be your, you know, cup of tea or whatever. But it's you know, it's decent at very least. It's fucking. Uh, it's it's interesting at very fucking least. You know what I mean? That, that, um, that reminds me of like, you know, when, when somebody says something in a room full of people laughs and you know, somebody else, that's not, that's not, that wasn't funny. Like, well, you can't, it, you didn't think it was funny. Like the, yeah. the rest of the room laughed. Like just, yeah, exactly. just because you exactly. didn't enjoy it didn't mean it wasn't a funny, you know, it's just a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so you don't get, do you ever get like, uh, and I, I realize this is a stupid ass question, but do you ever get like, I can't uh, wait. yeah, yeah. People like come in that want to like fucking mosh for Ether Coven. Like they're at a remembering never show and it just kind of uh, fucks up the vibe of the room. Somebody just recently, there was definitely some kind of moshing activity. I don't remember what it was, but we definitely had a, a good discussion about it after the show. <laughs> But um, I mean, we've we've it, it's been very minimal. I mean, it, right. and it's fine. Like the newer songs, 
definitely, you know, you can definitely have some Masha activities, I suppose. Um, but um, it, and it's happened three times, I think, in our existence, maybe four. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so, I mean, it's fine if people want to do that. I just don't think necessarily it's warranted. Like, you know, when we first started, we realized, like, we weren't playing songs that were moshable. So if people stuck, if people didn't leave the room, we know that it was a good reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, if a hardcore band plays, if you're moshing the whole time, you know that's a good reaction. If people don't mosh and they're just standing there, that that, that they're not having a good time. But <laughs> for this kind of music, I accepted early on that if people fucking just stuck around, then they were super into it, and that you know that's good enough for me. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, with with uh, with this record, and well, stick to this record. With with everything is temporary except suffering. What is your? Um, I don't want to say what's your favorite. What What are you most excited about? with this one as far as like like a favorite song or just Any, like anything what, this um, is like like yeah i've asked this question a lot to people and i you know i guess i should qualify it a little more like what is it is it p- people hearing the music is it just getting just getting it out just um going being able to tour being having it physically in your hand like what what about uh, what about this record fuck, is man, most that's, exciting? that's a loaded ass question you know what I mean? yeah it is like, you know you know that's a loaded question <laughs> i do um it's a talking so, podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there's there's so much about it that uh you know i mean there i can't think of many things that i'm not super pumped on about the record like you know clearly the recording is far surpasses any recording i've ever made in my entire life to this day right um far surpasses and you know we recorded with zeus who uh or remember we never recorded with zeus who fucking crushed that record like it was insane it sounded so great and that was that was like the best thing I had done up until this point. And then now Eric Rutan produces this record or records this record. And, and now this thing is the fucking, you know, it doesn't hurt that the songs are, you know, like the riffs are just bigger than anything. Remembering never could even think of doing. Right. Um, so I'm excited for people to hear this thing that sounds so good. And, um, you know, I'm excited for people to, you know, read the lyrics or try to decipher the lyrics. Um, and, you know, there's some things on there that are, you know, pretty heavy, uh, heavy lyrically, uh, to make people think about, think differently in their lives about certain things. Um, I'm excited to hit the road because, you know, we're getting some good press on it. And, um, you know, we live for going out and touring and playing new cities every day and seeing what the cities have to offer and, you know, seeing dorky landmarks and, uh, museums and whatnot. And, you know, all these things that, that take place when you have, you know, a record come out and when you're in a band and you tour all the time. Uh, so I mean I'm I'm inter- I'm excited about seeing all the bands we're going to tour with and play with and you know so there's too many things to like you know all narrow it down to one fucking thing you know what I mean good good so, that's, you, you and I'm excited about cold weather yeah <laughs> yeah well that one I don't believe but uh, I mean I believe you but I oh, can't believe I'm it. so excited um, yeah I, I know you you mentioned you mentioned uh, lyrics in there and and what you write lyrically. Do you, and but and you want people to hear basically hear and um, process what you, what you're putting down. Would you say you want people to um, take what you're saying directly, or would you rather them have their own in- interpretation? That that's a funny uh, that's a funny. I mean, I understand. I've heard people say these things. Um, we're like, oh yeah, I just want to leave it open to, to interpretation. But I mean, at the heart of it, I'm a hardcore kid, so right. I, I'm very intentional with the things that I write. So I don't want anything to leave anything open for interpretation because it's not open for interpretation. Sure. When I write things, it very much has an intent. 
um, it, everything that I write is very much on purpose. Um, you know, so there's no wiggle room really. I have explanations in the songs just so you can't fuck it up. <laughs> so you, you understand these things immediately as right. they're written, as they're supposed to be understood. So, you know, so no interpretation. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of that because you can turn anything into anything. And, you know, that's like, okay, well, I have no idea what the fuck this is about, but I'm going to make this thing up about, you know, whatever I want. And it's like, this is not what that's for. I wrote this fucking song. Listen to it or don't listen to it. Care about the lyrics or not. But this is what it is. I, you know? I've yeah, I, I, and I totally understand what you're saying. And I, I've I've seen you in front of whichever band several times. You know, I've, I've seen you with lots of your bands, but um, I, I I don't remember. I don't recall. Are you a and you would know this if you are. Are you a preachy type? Do you ex, do you explain your songs before you play them? You know, like some guys got that reputation of they're going to come up here and tell you about every song before they play. Yeah, well, the thing is with hardcore bands. <laughs> That is very much a huge part of what drew me into hardcore to right. begin with. Is that bands had things to say and they talked between songs instead of just going up, playing some bullshit, playing some mosh parts, hey, everybody fight each other, and then going home. Because if I wanted that, I could just go to a metal show and then be done with it, you know? <laughs> um, but, um, and I definitely did that when I played in hardcore bands. For Ether, it's a little trickier because we don't really stop between songs, so I can't really talk about things. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. However, I do have samples um, between songs, uh, or not between every song, but anytime we have the tune, I play a sample, and usually it's a text from a um, from a lecture of some sort or a sample that's politically motivated. Um, so either way, there's a message being in there if you can make out the sample anyhow. Uh, so either way, a message is being said between tracks that may or may not be what the song is about, but it's something to make you think about something. Right. You know, right. and I have had sometimes. Uh, there's been certain times when I've had to say something. Um, if there's a particular hot topic that you know was kind of at the forefront of news, and you know, so before a set, I've been known to say certain things here or there um, because we don't talk during the set. And then a couple other times, people would people said some things at, in the audience that I had to stop and kind of check the audience because they let something slide that they shouldn't have that's happening in their own scene. Somebody made like some kind of stupid homophobic joke or something. And I like gave it a light check before we played. And then I was so pissed off at myself because I didn't say, I didn't really explain it or get, you know, dig a little deeper. So we played one song. I stopped the set. I was like, all right, fucking stop. And then went into how, you know, check your fucking scene because making jokes, even, you know, as harmless as people think they want to be, um, you know, saying homophobic things are is going to make someone that's struggling with coming out of the closet stay in that closet and have you know uh you know depressing thoughts and they're gonna think lesser of themselves because you know someone's making a joke at their fucking existence um so it's just important to to really if, if something happens like that to check these people um that say these things and make these jokes and even when no one else is checking them uh, I get it because everybody, you know, friend club and everything, and no one wants to be the guy that's being the weird PC guy, but it's not even an issue of being fucking PC. It's an issue of respecting someone's existence and respecting someone's right to fucking be alive and being able to express themselves freely. Um, all these things are really important, and yeah. people have fucking killed themselves because they can't be themselves in front of people, and they can't express themselves, and they can't let people know who they really are. 
you know, people need a connection. And if they don't have that connection, you know, they, they center inwards and it's a dark place, man, when you feel alone and you got nothing going on and you feel like you are a failure or feel, you feel lesser because society makes jokes about you. Um, so yeah, I mean, it gets like life gets real dark sometimes. And for marginalized people, it definitely gets darker than it does for the average person. And it's important to fucking check those people and check every situation because you, know, you can't just make a joke out of someone's fucking existence. Like, you know, ha ha. But, um, you know, people and people let that shit slide, but I can't let that shit slide. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not, we were playing a house show when this happened too. So it wasn't like I was on this big stage and, right. you know, it was a very intimate situation and I had to stop the fucking show or stop, you know, stop the set and just say, Hey, that's fucking not cool. And this is why. And basically everything I just said to you is what I said to them. And people came up after the show and they were like, yo, you know, that's, that's awesome. What you said, you know, I wish other people would speak up. And I'm like, well, why am fucking, you didn't say anything. Um, I understand like people don't want to ruffle any feathers, but I don't give a fuck about ruffling feathers in my old age. I'm just like, you know, things have to be said and you know, you have to be held accountable for things and you know, not that it's that severe, but you need to be checked no matter what. You, know, you can't just go around saying real fucking ignorant shit. I, I totally agree, and uh, I've been known to do similar things as well. And uh, so I'm interested, What? why do you think you are that way? What do you think makes you willing to say things when when they need to be said? I think, I mean, because, you know, I grew up always being the underdog, and that was before I had any idea of the plights of marginalized people. So I understand what it's like to be the underdog in some capacity, not that I know what, you know, um, any person in the gay community feels like or trans community or um, any person of color or, you know, any other marginalized group. I don't know what these people's experiences are, but we grew up super fucking poor. And, you know, I always felt like I was looked down upon. And then because I started listening to the metal at an early age and that wasn't a very popular thing in the, you know, in the nineties and whatnot. Um, and I was always into things that weren't necessarily pop culture or popular. And, um, I always felt like I was looked down upon even by my family and whatnot, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like the youngest kid in the family and, you know, no one really talks to you when you're that young. And I don't know. I mean, um, then I just got into hardcore and, and learned about, you know, veganism and, racism and homophobia and you know kind of formed my opinions based on what i had learned you know and um then i just realized hey this is some shit that you know these people probably don't feel comfortable enough to speak up about these things uh so it's up to the the majority group to say something and to check their peers and their you know their same group so i'm going to do that uh, you know it it means a lot coming like from one white person to another white person um to say you know if they're being checked if, if a person of color check tried to check a white person they would shrug it off because oh they're just getting offended about this thing and this right, you know, right. that and the other thing but there's this thing called white people club and <laughs> white people feel really comfortable around other white people and it's really strange oh, it's fucking so people, the worst yeah and I yeah. look like I'm a fucking monster, so I understand how people are like, oh, this guy looks like a fucking racist just like me, so that, I'm going to say some I, real off-color shit. I think all you have to do is just be a white male. Just be a white male, maybe have a beard. Pretty and, much. And somebody's going to say Pretty something. Much. As soon as you're alone, 
somebody's going to oh, say God something to you and be like, oh, yeah, oh, I've had the worst yeah. shit sent to me. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sure we all have, but like anybody like, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the license people yeah. take like, oh, you look like I do. I bet you're racist too. And they just do oh, it. Yeah. It's so ballsy and fucked up. It's, it's, it's oh, bizarre. I, at this point, it's almost my favorite thing because I get to be really shitty to people. But, and <laughs> yeah. while they think that I'm going to be receptive and be like, oh yeah, man, totally fuck those people. And it's like, like, this dude at my job, I didn't. It's not a, a coworker, but this dude that um, he came in to fix the AC. He was like fucking a hundred years old, and uh, he came to fix the AC or something. And then he came back and said he had to rig something, but he used yeah, more yeah. colorful language. And um, at my place of business, I'm at my job, and I can't be outwardly wild at this guy. <laughs> but when he said this, he had the biggest smile on his face because he was so excited for me to co-sign on this thing. Right. And I looked him dead in his face with the, you know, deadpan as fuck. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to pretend I didn't hear it. And his fa- his expression kind of kind of dropped a little bit, like halfway. And he said it again. And I look, and I got closer <laughs> to him. I got, yeah, I got like, uh, I didn't get in his face, but I like definitely stepped up to him. And I was like, and I looked again, deadpan as fuck, and just repeated it. And his soul expression just dropped. And he was like, uh, uh, all right, and I'll, uh, I'll see you later. And fucking rolled. So it's now bizarre. that dude's going to think twice about next time he says something fucking stupid. You know what I mean? Until he does it next time and then he gets the immediate cosign from all the other yeah. shit out there. It's, it's, exactly. It's, there's so, it's, it's so much more, I mean, obvious, as obvious now as it ever was, that it's so much more prevalent than, than I ever imagined. But yeah. Oh, that's this whole Donald Trump situation gives yeah. rise to all yeah. these people and all these feelings. And I understand you feel, you know, not that racism has been dead at all at this point in time, but uh, now it's validated because this fucking piece of shit is saying all these things and being bigoted as fuck about handicapped people and about gay people and about different people of color and immigrants and this and that. The list goes on. It doesn't stop. And people now they feel validated and they feel like, oh, my God, finally someone to speak for me. And it's like, bro, bro, hold up, dude. Like, you're white and you live in this country and you were born in this country. So you've been spoken for since day one relax (laughs) you should be worrying about class issues and worrying about why the fuck you can barely pay your fucking rent um and it has nothing to do with someone stealing your fucking job it has to do with capitalism and businesses taking your money and exploiting your fucking labor worry about that shit not you know you should be banding with other people that are also poor regardless of color line regardless of gender line regardless of uh orientation and yeah all these things like you should be banding with other people that are working class or people that are less fortunate. You have more in common with a dude that sleeps on the uh, on the stoop of any business overnight than you do with someone that lives in a fucking mansion. <laughs> that's just what that's just the reality of the situation. Like you have nothing in common with you know a billionaire. You don't have anything in common with a millionaire. You have nothing in common with these people, and they think you're bullshit. They think you're nothing. They think you're you know uh, just a fucking cog in the wheel to make them richer when you could be elevating someone else in your community that is less fortunate than you. Um, and you're not, you're not giving someone a chance or, you know, if, if you do have a business that, you know, you aren't hiring these people because of their color or because of, you know, they're weak because you already, they, you think that they're weak because they're a woman or because they are this or that. And it's like you, you're shooting yourself in the foot when you should be, you know, doing something uh, within your class. Like that, that's where, that's where you belong. That's your lane. You fucking do what you can to help out the situation and not 
think less of someone because of the cult, you know, you know, because of the same shit, you know, and people are, it, people are so fucking brainwashed into thinking that they're going to be rich one day. And they, you know, these people are lesser because they don't have much money. And it's like, dog, maybe fucking take a step back. Look at the big picture. Not much has changed in the last, you know, since in anybody's life, not much has changed because big business has always been the forefront of politics and, you know, they always get the kickbacks and politicians know that they need to do what they have to do in order to get kickbacks themselves. So they do what they have to. And, you know, the difference between a Democrat and a Republican is such a small fucking percent or such a small line. Yeah. It's the thinnest line you can possibly think of. They basically have the same fucking, the, the two heads, of the same fucking snake. That's it. It's it, and people literally will fucking fight and die for their side to get to be heard or for their side to win. It's like, you know, you're on the same side, right? Like no matter what y'all are on the same side and it's not for the working people. Only you think it is, but it's, you're totally fucking clueless. You're fighting this weird battle amongst each other when you should be joining hands and joining forces and fighting against, you know, the upper class. Like that's what it is. But we're all stupid, and we don't know what we're doing at this point. <laughs> so, and we're okay with it. <laughs> well, you know? and we're in for uh, we're in we're, we're we're in for it, no matter what. I mean, like yeah. like you're saying, and uh, and uh, oh, shit. I think there's a, a debate of old people tonight, but uh, you know that's that's not going to change anything. And we're still what are we? Six more years now of uh, of Trump to oh, go. Okay. Five five more. Right, yeah. I feel like he's been the president for like a hundred years at this point. <laughs> well, it's undeniable that he will continue to be the president you know, yeah. at the, when the election happens. But fuck it, I—that's that's just that's too depressing to go down. But not honestly, not not a not much of a better subject. But I wanted to ask you a little bit about it. Is the uh, the artwork on on this this album done by Stephen mm-hmm. Kasner, um, who yeah. who recently just passed away? Um, yeah. What is he somebody you knew personally? Um, no, I became friends with him. Uh, we became pretty close, uh, when we started working on the record and we talked all the time and I sent him, I talked to him like Christmas Eve and I sent him a Jesus meme on Christmas day, which he never applied to because he may or may not have, you know, been of this earth at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I didn't know him previously, but, uh, I know he did a lot of artwork that I'm, you know, a fan of, and his work is very, very expressive and very dark, and really fucking creepy. And I, you know, that's a lot of the stuff that we feel like encompass our sound. Right. So working with him was was awesome. I mean, uh, it took a little more time than I would have liked it to, <laughs> but um, you know, overall, I'm very happy with the end result of what he made. And it may be like the last thing that he did that was published, possibly. I'm not sure. Right. Um, there's one piece that he did for the record that isn't in the layout, which I'm not sure what we're going to do with, but we'll do something with it and it'll be cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a travesty. You know, he kicked his early, you know, his, you know, he's a young dude. I mean, he's in his 50s, I think, or yeah. 40s. But, um, you know, he's cool. Like, he's an awesome dude to, to bullshit with and talk about music and, you know, we would, uh, you know, go back and forth and make fun of each other about dumb shit. But, um, you know, it was just uh, a good time. I and mean, it just sucks that his, his expiration date came a little too soon. But, right. you know, unfortunately, that's uh, show business, baby. It happens, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just a shitty thing to say it happens, but, you know. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. People die all the time. It's fucking terrible. But right. I mean, you know, what can you do? Well, with this artwork, I, I've only seen I've only seen the the digital version, right? So I just see the, the cover. Is this is is there a lot more to this? Is this like something that goes on a gatefold? Is it something that? Oh yeah, it goes on, it's gatefold. It opens up to the whole picture. It's really exciting. Oh, cool, cool, very cool. Looking forward yeah. to seeing that. And my favorite part is on the inside, um, the inside, uh, the inside of the vinyl. Is uh, it's in the center on the CD. It's just on the on the left opening. Yeah, um, that's my favorite piece, which I wanted for the cover. Um, but it didn't turn out that way. So nice. Well, is, is that something that like, we'll wrap it up here soon? We've been on for a while, but is that is that something that like uh, like Century Media? Now that you're on a bigger label, they have a little more control over which which you get to do with your album, or is that just didn't work visually? Absolutely. So basically, you have to have a cover that's marketable, and you have to have a cover that's competitive with other things, and you know. Um, and I understand it because, you know, Century Media puts a bunch of money into the records. And, you know, big labels, no matter what, they put a bunch, you know, big money up for the records. So they want to make sure that they have something that is going to be, you know, relatively yeah. easy to sell. Yeah. So I understand I'm not, I'm not bummed about the cover of the record at all. So, I mean, I, I have my preference just because it's a little bit darker and it, I think it, it represented, well, it is a little more abstract as much as we're direct lyrically. We're definitely abstract when it comes to musically, so I think that fit us a little bit better. But it was it. It's. A, I understand that when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it definitely would be a little difficult to be a cover of the record, um, only because it's, you'll. I mean, you'll see it. But um. Right. But personally, that was my favorite one, just because I like unconventional shit. Um, but the cover, yeah, I mean, the 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 whole image was the original idea to be the cover. And then I think they didn't, they weren't super amped on just that to be the cover at the end of the day. And then, um, I kind of changed things around and, um, laid it out to be half of the image. So it was just the wing and then the rest of it's on the other side. So, um, then they were more, cause it looks a little more focal. So I think they were more into that and they were like, oh, I'm super on board with that. So I made the, I even made a, a bunch of mock-up covers one of which was the original um, typo negative origin of the feces yeah. cover with butthole on it. And that's awful. I said that as a funny, yeah, <laughs> I said that as a, as a joke. I was like, Oh, this is going to be the cover. That's it. Fuck it. And you know, <laughs> I don't think that goes over now. Now. yeah, no, it was a good time. Good time. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I'm going to let you go now, but I have one last question for you. Go for and, it. Anything uh, you want. Um, what's not really a question. It's more of a, I want you to tell me about the mogul. Oh, <laughs> um the mogul is a very 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 good friend of ours um he lives in Maryland, outside right? of baltimore yeah he lives right outside of baltimore um and his name's carl Jean. he plays kind of like a, a kind of like a droney doomy doomy ambient type um really fucking like super expressive it's like the most genuine form of expression that I've heard in quite some time. Yeah. We played with him several times and um, you know, every time it's just like, you know, uh, old friends getting back together for, you know, and it's like no time had passed and he's definitely, you know, one of our favorite people and one of our favorite artists and um, you know, he's just a cool ass dude and um, his record, if you didn't know that he wrote all these wild fucking songs that are just like depressing, you would have no idea that the mogul was him. And, uh, you know, 
it's a good like kind of like wrestler wrestler stick kind of. Um, he he made a uh, he just would make ridiculous posts, and I was like, all right, dude, fuck it, fire <laughs> one off for me for this uh, for this single, or fire one off for the record. And he was like, dude, I was gonna ask you who was fuck yeah, let's do it, and um, you know, that's that's that. You know, he's uh. He's the best at what he does. I'm not sure what he does, but whatever it is, he's the best at it. Well, you know? it's, it's a good. It was. It's good promotion for you guys. And you know, I, I love I, it so much. I don't know him personally, but I do know a little bit about him, and I know I only know a little bit about him and his music because he was playing a friend of mine's uh, record release show recently, nice. and and they told me nice. about him. They told me that he was playing, so I went and I checked out his his music on Spotify, and I listened to the album Songs of Morning. And yeah. I, you know, at first it was just kind of background music, and then to hear what was going on on that record, and then yeah, to go and man. to go and read um, his personal, you know, account of that record, and the, mm-hmm. is is I, I don't know, I, I'm just honestly speechless about it. And actually, I, yeah. I, I think I should talk to him about it sometime. But yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah, it's no joke, man. He's he's the real deal. Um, you know, it's maximum expression right there and he's fucking good at it. And, you know, just watching him live and just seeing the whole thing is you can't manufacture something like that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, and the mogul videos are so great that, um, uh, Zayo hit him up about doing promotion. <laughs> so, you know, that's exciting. If we, if we get to bridge that gap, I'm good with it. You know what I mean? Well, that's, so, that's, that's, that's why awesome. I saw these videos of him on, on you guys, uh, social media shit. And I, I thought, I, I didn't know, like, I knew this kid as this. Well, I don't know him at all, but I, I knew him as this thing. Yeah. And then this is the total opposite, and it's fantastic. So I wonder. Yeah, he's a fucking maniac. I love it. All right, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, Peter, thank you for doing this. Is there? Do you want to tell people where they can uh, where they can find Ether Coven? Fuck, man. I mean, we're on Instagram <laughs> everywhere under Ether Coven and Facebook. We're on all those things. We don't have a Twitter because uh, there's Twitter. too many things yeah. to do. I mean, there's just too many things to do, so I don't know. Well, but, how, I mean, we're, how about uh, how about where they, where they can buy the record once it's physically out? Is there a spot for that? Probably on the Century Media website. <laughs> we have a um, a big cartel store somewhere that we have some merch left over. I got to take that down for tour though, actually. But thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think our big cartel is EtherCoven.BigCartel.com and after tour we'll have any leftovers up on the website and uh, yeah, I mean. We're kind of, if you want to find us, we're around. If you look up Eva Coven, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. And we should throw in one last plug for the tour. You're doing basically a full U.S. with Barishi, uh, Worm, Zombie Apocalypse. I forget who else is on that. And, uh, that's Outlier. Outlier. And that's through, yeah. what, that's through February, right? Yep. It's like, uh, we, we are going to be gone from the 15th to the 15th. And, um, the tour starts on the 16th with, uh, with the, with the package. And then we're playing one show in Louisville on a Monday, uh, Metal Monday, Highland Tap Room. Some one of one of the Mondays, just because we need to fill in a fucking day because right. having a day off fucking sucks. So, <laughs> all right, yeah, man. We well, uh, good luck on the tour. Uh, good job on the album. I really do enjoy it, and uh, I hope it all goes awesome, well for man. you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it greatly, man. Yeah, no problem. Talk to you later. All right, man. Peace.
Hey, so there you go. That was the Bjork cover I was talking about with Peter. That's Unravel, originally by Bjork, now by Ether Coven, um, on 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 their on their new album. As we talked about, they are currently out on tour. I hope you check them out if they came through your area, and I hope you, uh, if you, if you have the opportunity to see them for the rest of the month, go find them as well because a uh, pretty cool band. I, I like what they're doing. A um, little bit different from a lot of things out there right now, and that's rare. It's hard to do that. Um, so thanks to Pete for coming on and uh, uh, having that conversation. That's going to be about it for this episode. I'm really excited about other things I got, I got that I'm working on, and I want to share them with you, but I, I can't. I can't at this point. I can't, I can't let the cat out of the bag. I can talk about the cat and the, the bag that it's in, but I can't let it out. So, uh, so that's, that's that. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, you can do so uh, through any of the social media that I, that I mentioned before. I'm going to mention them again here at Getting It Out Pod on Twitter. I went first with that one on this one. I never do that. I never. I barely use that thing. But anyway, it's there at Getting It Out Pod on Twitter at Getting Underscore It Underscore Out Underscore Podcast on Instagram and uh, Facebook.com slash Getting It Out Podcast. But the most, the most easiest, the most effective, the most effective way to get a hold of me. If you want to send in your music and you want to play it on the show, uh, do so by sending an email to Getting It Out Podcast at gmail.com. It's really that simple. I guarantee you, I'll answer your email. Um, <laughs> about whatever you say, I'm going to answer your email. So, uh, so check that out. This next song I'm going to play, um, the song that takes us out, is a song I got sent into Getting It Out Podcast at gmail.com, and it's a song by a prog rock band that I really like, and I know my wife really likes too. They're called Elephant Tree. This song is called Sales, and uh, that's it for this one. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>